This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. It's good to be with you. Thanks for giving me some time today. I'm Dan McNeil with another edition of the Danny Mac Podcast on Bet Rivers Podcast Network. You have a lot of choices, a lot of places you can go for sports talk and conversation, and I'm delighted you've chosen to make me a part of it today. And today is one of those days, and I have had so few of these Over the seven months now, I've been doing two podcasts a week where I'm really glad I'm not downtown today for four hours of grinding over over angry texters and angry phone callers. And it's all regarding the White Sox and Rick Hahn's news conference yesterday and the White Sox intentions to have Mike Clevenger a part of their roster probably for 2023. These are the things I don't miss. I have had so much fun talking about football with you. And there are stories away from football that can be disturbing. And we don't go too many days without things that happen outside of the world of sports where we aren't disturbed by it. But when those circles intersect and people get angry over things that really really shouldn't affect them very much is when I have to put up the stop sign at this age. And maybe you've arrived at that point in your life too, where you have, the cumulative has built up so much of the, the personal challenges you have faced, whether it's, it's mostly professional or mostly family or a combination of the two, which it often is the longer you live, the more that becomes the case. And you just don't have the You don't have the emotional energy to give to a sports story that incenses people, and perhaps rightfully so, but it's just uh, hanging out the not interested sign. I've been through three deaths um, of friends, not the closest of friends, but friends nonetheless in in the last four weeks. Lynn Bramer, age 68, Wayne Danielson, 62, Bobby Hall, 84. I I have a 29-year-old son who's extremely autistic and is trying to get his head around dying and the concept of of heaven and he's he's OCD about many things and he has been obsessive compulsive about the subject of death and I'm trying to work him through that and I I don't have the negative energy I don't have any energy to get upset about Mike Clevenger right now um and I won't. I will not manufacture that kind of angst for a baseball team that happens to be in Chicago. These kind of conflicts go on every day in every professional sports franchise in America, probably in the world. 
And even at the lower levels, there are these types of issues. Not interested. I I am interested today in talking with you about a sport that for the last 26 weeks has been exhilarating to me once again, and that's professional football. And the Messiah, Justin Fields, is in the news, and I want to start with that before we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs celebration parade Wednesday and their wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, and his fun he was having at the expense of the Eagles on social media. Justin Fields tells um, Barroom Big Cat he wants to play in a dome. No surprise. Why wouldn't he want to play in a dome? He's a tremendous athlete. He has amazing open field skills. He would be better served to play on a surface that is conducive to what he does, what makes him a YouTube star. Of course he wants to play without wind and without cold. Does that make him less of a man in the eyes of some Bears fans? Maybe, Uh, although maybe the tide has turned a little bit from when Curtis Conway was drafted in the first round out of USC in the early 90s. I think it was 92 when the Bears picked him seventh or eighth in the first round, if memory serves. And he didn't like playing in the cold, and he was barbecued in Chicago in the early days of the score and in the newspapers. Curtis Conway isn't tough. He's not Chicago tough. Bear weather, blah, blah, blah. The game is played at its best when the elements don't affect the outcomes or the player's ability to do those wonderful things that make highlight reels and drop all of our jaws. Uh, it, it makes for a fun backdrop in December in a, in a week 14, week 15 game against a non-divisional opponent. Yes, it's aesthetically nice. Looking at the game in snow takes us all back to when we played in the backyards when we were in fifth grade. This isn't fifth grade. This is pro football, and the game should not be compromised. Of course, Justin Fields wants to play in a nice weather facility. And what he did in telling the very popular barroom big cat about whether it's Arlington Heights or Chicago wanting to play in a dome is he illuminated the 24 years of failure that were Ted Phillips career as bears president, a $600 million soldier field renovation project. that gave the bears the smallest seating capacity stadium in the NFL at 61 five. It, 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 it calls to attention the overall lack of organizational direction that hopefully Kevin Warren is, ev- is, is capable of undoing decades of, of not having people skills, of thinking only about the bottom line, uh, about not having the ability to, to make the right football decisions and, and know when to stay out of football decisions, something Phillips couldn't do. Hopefully, fingers crossed for you Bears fans who've waited through the mire for this thing to turn around, that Warren, Poles, and the head coach, Matt Eberflus, are the right guys. I I would bet against them all just based on history, but that's not fair. Fields wants what every great athlete should want, the opportunity to maximize what he does best. It doesn't make him less tough that he wants to play in a dome. 
Here's the bad news, Bears fans. He'll probably never play a down in a Bears uniform in Arlington Heights. I don't think that's overstating it. I don't think that's big of a, that big of a stretch. If they break ground in less than a year, which is unlikely, it's five more years until they play a game there, at least. They might not play a game there until 2030. Fields will be on his third team by then. He feels the weight of that crown, and heavy is the head that wears the biggest crown. It's his job to resurrect this franchise and finally give them a 21st century offense. And he wants to be indoors. I get that. So now does this open the door for more viable trade conversation that's not just verbal masturbation? I think it does. I think if you're the Indianapolis Colts, you're goddamn sick and tired of patchworking it, band-aiding it every year, hoping you catch lightning in a bottle with a guy like Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz, who have failed in other places to get to that next level, or at least in the case of Ryan, not in the last several years since his team blew the biggest lead in Super Bowl history and lost to the Patriots. Maybe it's the Colts who say, we believe in Justin Fields, and they deal him. The Bears could deal him and keep the number one or deal him and and still trade down for more picks. The opportunities are enormous. The Colts need a quarterback. Carolina needs a quarterback. They could move up and take the Bears number one or take Fields. I don't blame Fields a bit for what he says. And if anybody calls him, and I haven't heard any of the aftermath, I really don't want to. I'm tired of Joe and Berwin bogarting airtime to give you what he thinks and how bear weather is, is, is important to the history of the franchise. I don't need that. Ted Phillips's fingerprints will remain on this organization for years to come. Warren has a huge task undoing all of the negativity and anybody who thinks that this is what, what someone termed, I heard a plug and play position that the president really isn't that important. What are you talking about? The president has set a terrible tone for 24 years. The reason you hear bears alumni kicking and screaming about the way it was and the way it is, is because the man has no skills with people that makes for a bad culture. And we're always throwing that word around so liberally in sports these days, the culture bears culture. Well, it's shit because of Ted Phillips as much as anybody. Bottom line is all that mattered for all those years. Now you have this gigantic piece of property that you can turn in to a sports complex, amusement park, entertainment center that's year-round usable and make money for the state of Illinois. Make money for the four different municipalities on which that stadium multi-purpose facility will, will sit. It's an exciting time. Fields will never play it down in a Bears uniform in it. Not no way, not no how. Is that Wizard of Oz? Not sure. So the plot thickens as to what the Bears do with this first pick overall and what they do with Justin Fields. And his critics, people who see it 
not through blue and orange colored glasses. Colin Cowherd this week making a strong case that there's no way you can liken Fields to to jeez, um, why Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen? No way, because in their second years they made market progress, and Fields really didn't. As a runner, he did, but not as a passer. And he had the numbers to back his thesis. And people who are defenders of Fields counter with, you know, noting that you could say all you want to about the pro football focus numbers on the offensive line not being as bad as we think it is. We saw with our own eyes. Yeah, you use the numbers to your advantage when it supports your opinion, but then dismiss them when it goes against what you believe. So you believe you you're selective in which numbers work and which ones, you know, are are rendered not as meaningful because it didn't match your eye test. It's an exciting off season for Bears fans, and there is there's so far to go, so far to go, and it's going to be fun watching it. The next item I want to talk about with you. Oh, one more thing about Indianapolis as a potential destination for Justin Fields. In the next few days, Lipsmack, $10 kangaroo cord, fine. In the next few days, I'm going to reach out to Dan Dockich, who's a, a very popular, controversial sports opinion maker in Indianapolis. I've known Doc since shortly after we were in high school. He went to uh, Maryville's Andrean High School in Northwest Indiana. I'm a Highland Trojan. We're, I think, two years apart. I'm a little bit older than Doc is. And uh, he's he's tweeted some things recently, very inflammatory, about the the man who is in the Ring of Honor down there, Jeff Saturday, about how he submarined Frank Reich. And he will have strong thoughts and be able to tell us what Indianapolis people feel about Justin Fields and about what he thinks their direction will be with this new head coach and what their needs are up close and personal. Plus, we are approaching the NCAA tournament. And as most of you know, Dan Dockich played for Bobby Knight at IU once upon a time and uh, once defended Michael Jordan in an NCAA tournament game very, very successfully. So I'm going to get him on probably next week to do a little intel on Indianapolis potential destination for Justin Fields as the bears move on (laughs) to the new Messiah. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster of the Kansas city chiefs. If you've left the planet, you probably missed this, but uh, maybe it gets everywhere. He sends a Valentine's day card uh, meme He's apparently somebody had showed this to him or somebody sent it to him on Twitter and he was so tickled by it. He decided to retweet and uh, claim it as his own. And uh, it's pretty low rent. A lot of people get a kick out of sports smack talk. I, I I don't mind it so much when it comes from the fans, but when it comes from the players two days after they win the ultimate prize and they win the Super Bowl, it's a head scratcher to me. So he tweets this Valentine's Day card meme that has a picture of James Bradbury, the Eagles corner who was flagged on the much heavily debated defensive holding penalty on the Chiefs game-winning drive in the final two minutes in Super Bowl 57. And above Bradbury's picture, there's the line, I'll hold you when it matters most. 
And there's some text at the bottom left corner to and from as it's uh, it's a Valentine's Day card. Of course, there were plenty of retweets and plenty of of impressions, lots of comments, including one from Eagles receiver A.J. Brown, who responded thusly. First off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is not necessary. You was on the way out of the league, but Mahomes resurrected your career with a one-year deal, TikTok boy. <laughs> he admitted, and he's referring to Bradbury, he admitted he grabbed you, but don't act like you... Uh, and then there's something here that is nonsensical, but congratulations again. But... um He's not happy about it. He calls him out for it, and he calls it unnecessary. You was on your way out of the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year deal, TikTok boy. Yeah, it it is. It's low rent, what Juju Smith-Schuster did. You know, if you're a Chiefs fan, fine, fine. You know, it's 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 not that mean spirited, really. I've seen much worse. It it's not racially insensitive. He's not making fun of his sexuality. He's not making fun of his family. I'll hold you when it matters most. But to do it from a player is is this is this necessary? And if you're a teammate of Juju Smith Schuster's. Do you pull him aside yesterday at the parade and say, what the fuck are you doing? What what, this is? What? How are you representing us or yourself in this matter? And you can point to, if you want to, how the Eagles responded to a very heartbreaking loss, a game where they led for 47 minutes. And you didn't hear head coach Nick Sirianni blaming the officiating crew. You, you didn't you you didn't hear Jalen Hurts. You didn't hear anybody on that Eagles defense say that's what killed us. Whether it was Brandon Graham, who said we didn't make plays when we had to, the veteran uh, pass rusher out of Michigan, any of those guys, Nick Bolton, they didn't make excuse. Nick Bolton's on the Chiefs. None of those guys made excuses. They they lost with class. They didn't cry about the slippery turf that negated some of their pass rush prowess. Say that five times real fast. They they acted like gentlemen. They acted like they were taught to lose with some class. You lose with it and you win with it, don't you? Man, but social media era, not the case. And uh, boy, oh boy, here's one for my friends at Bovada Sportsbook for next year. We need a prop, a propositional bet to go up before the Super Bowl for the and post the odds for the position of the player who makes the most unsportsmanlike statement or social media blurb after his team wins. And wide receiver easily would be the favorite for this prop. Which positional, which position is likely to have the player post something that represents no class after his team wins Super Bowl 58? Wide receiver will go off at minus 165. 
And I can't think of another positional group that historically has demonstrated such as holio behavior. I can't. It seems inherent to the position, doesn't it? Wide receivers and acting like a-holes. And I saw somebody reply with that to uh, to the Juju Smith-Schuster tweet. He says, hey, what a shock, this guy coming from the same culture as Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh, who showed him the ropes. Yeah, there's another guy who left the reservation and by miles. Oh, that, that could be something completely different than just wide receiver uh, disease. That, that really could be uh, mental illness and not to be made fun of. That doesn't make him any less of a jerk and excuse his behaviors. I'm not trying to do that. But that man isn't, isn't right. It's not just things he says. It's a lot of things he's done. So uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I was glad to see the Chiefs. They they seem like, you know, mostly likable guys. Mahomes has done very little in his career that's gotten under my skin. So I'm not I'm not sick of Patrick Mahomes. I, I mentioned this on the podcast. If you missed it after their AFC championship game for the first time in Mahomes' career, he said something that was that was irritating when he talked about how no one gave the Chiefs a chance against the Bengals in the AFC title game. They were favored in the game. Everybody gave them a chance. That The reason you're favored is more people are betting on you. And he was put off by Burrowhead Stadium, which is, you know – Anything to manufacture an edge, I guess. But the fact is, and I know they get the internet in Kansas City because um, it comes out of there. There are people I follow who write for the paper there and work at radio stations in Kansas City. And uh, the internet comes out, it can go in too. They should have informed Patrick that the Chiefs were favored in the AFC title game so he wouldn't have said something so silly afterward. But uh, he was slamming the Coors Light, the official beer of the two-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time league MVP, world by the balls at 27. How's it going to end for Mahomes? Have you given have you given that any thought at all? I haven't until very recently. Hoping hoping he continues to handle his enormous success like a gentleman and doesn't get lost in what would be a very easy world to get lost in when you're making at more than a half a billion dollars a year. And that's your football deal. That's your football deal. Not a half billion a year, half a billion for the life of the contract. It would be easy to lose perspective for a lot less. Wouldn't it? Tiger Woods, you know, how did, how did, how did he handle at an early age, his enormous fame and success? like a lot of people do, not well. Hoping Mahomes hangs on and uh, and continues to act like a classy dude and enjoy as many Coors Lights as as he desires. Not ready to do where Derek Carr is going for you just yet. Not not quite ready for that. Never going to be ready for the Mike Clevenger angst. That's uh, that that's not anything you can look forward to in any of these upcoming episodes of the Danny Mac podcast. What I am going to do is get Dan Dockich on the horn very very soon. And as I get ready to do some NCAA tournament, yeah, I said it. The NCAA tournament next month. I want to remind any of you who are big fans of college basketball, uh, the Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, right off of the Tri-State, not far from the airport, 
is is where I'm going to be on Thursday, March 9, doing an appearance with CBS veteran analyst Clark Kellogg. We're going to do a March Madness party there. There's a huge uh, sort of a man cave type VIP lounge, I'm told, that seats 200 people. And I don't know if we're going to be on a lar- in a larger room than that, but Clark and I will be there to go over the brackets. He'll take a ton of your questions. I have a history with Clark that I'm fond to 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 relive with you for just a second. When I was just a kid reporter for my college radio station, WBST, where bullshit thrives, in uh, in Muncie, uh, the Pacers would credential me for games. And uh, we were just a 3,000-watt NPR affiliate 45 minutes away. So I wanted to get the experience of working professional locker rooms. So I toted my little Marantz street machine cassette recorder to Market Square Arena and covered Pacers games. And Clark Kellogg was in his second year with the Pacers. He was the Big Ten's MVP when he finished at Ohio State. He left after his junior year and went to the NBA draft. And he was in his second year when I was in my first year there. So among the first professional athletes, I stuck a microphone in front of Clark Kellogg, Special K, who uh, for so many years was the voice of the Pacers and was a regular on post-game shows that uh, I hosted on the weekends. Um, Even drove down to Indianapolis a few times when I was working at the Bulls flagship home in 89 and 90, 91, Jimmy Medelsky was producing the show and he liked getting out of town for the weekend. I had a lot of Ball State friends, so we would go to Indianapolis and I would do a half an hour. This is weekends. This is Saturdays or Sundays. And I do the half an hour pre, a half an hour post, and sometimes a little bit longer, depending on which time of the day or evening the game went down. If it were a reason to do an extended version of Copic on sports, then I would hang around and do a little bit longer on a Saturday night. And Clark Kellogg always was available and always was available as a correspondent for the NCAA and the NBA. When I did my first shows at the score for nine years with Terry Bores, when I went to ESPN 1000 and zero one, he was a regular on the Mac Yurko and Harry show. I've enjoyed visiting with Clark for a number of years. So looking forward to that, check out Rivers Casino or Bet Rivers. Check out your Bet Rivers app and you can find out more about this. It's Thursday, March 9. When you think March Madness, March Madness, I know you think Danny Mac. Thank you for listening to this post Super Bowl edition of the Danny Mac podcast. Adam Delavitt is Baby Capone at Bet Rivers and the very happy Casey Wolf boy Sam Michael is my producer. Back Monday, have a great weekend. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.